Hey, this is Jerry Aiken, pastor at Pierce Chapel in Columbus, Georgia. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, wherever you may be. I hope that you find the word presented here engaging, informative, and challenging in your walk with Christ. Please check us out online at piercechapel.com. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. This is from chapter 24, verses 13 through 31. That very day, two of them were going to a village village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned condemned to death, And crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Not too long ago, I I found myself in a situation where I was running late. I was trying to get out the door. I was at home. I was trying to get out the door and uh, trying to make sure I had everything I needed, my keys, my wallet, and my cell phone rang. And, and it was an important call, I had to take it. I took it and I'm talking to somebody, I'm still looking around for everything that I need, trying to gather it and check in my pockets. I go over to the nightstand, there's still this one thing that I was looking for and I'm talking on the phone, I can't get off the phone uh, because it's important. But I'm thinking, 
I, I can carry this conversation on as I leave and maybe, you know, let it come through the Bluetooth in my car on the, on the way and, and we can continue this conversation. But I've got to get out of this house. I can't, and I can't find this one thing that I need. So I start looking on the nightstand, start looking on the dresser. I go in the living room, look between the couch cushions, go back to the bedroom and I'm looking under the bed to see where it fell. The thing I'm looking for is my cell phone, <laughs> which I'm holding up to my ear. And I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but that's happened more than once. <laughs> maybe you can relate. Or maybe you've been like me, you're looking for something that is on your desk or on the kitchen counter, and it's right there in front of you. And you're looking all around it, and you're just missing it. You just keep looking right past the thing that you're actually looking for. We have a saying in the South, if it had been a snake, it would have bit me. Another saying is sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. And it kind of is the same thing. What's right in front of us, what should be obvious to us, we look right past it. And this applies to physical things, but sometimes it's about things that we fail to understand that should be obvious to us as well. We don't see the forest for the trees. Now we, the church proclaim that we serve a risen Savior. That's what Easter is all about. And as I, I mentioned last week, Easter is more than one Sunday. Easter is an entire season where we are intentional. We are deliberate in, in looking at what does that mean to serve a risen Savior? And we sing songs that remind us that Christ is alive and he is, he is well. He is in this world all around us. We have a song that says, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. But yet sometimes, oftentimes, we fail to see him. We fail to recognize him, maybe even when he is working right in front of us. The two disciples that were on the road to, Dema to Emmaus had a real forest for the trees moment. They were talking to Jesus about Jesus and didn't realize who was right in front of them. Now, I don't know why they couldn't recognize him. Maybe it was something supernatural, but I know that they had a, a lot of things going on within them, too. It says that they were grieving. They had just watched their Messiah, the person they followed. They had just watched him be crucified. And so there was a lot of grief. And it even says in the passage that they looked sad when they, when they were talking to Jesus. But then we see some other emotions bubbling up. We see that they were amazed by what the women said. Well, we heard what the women said, that his body wasn't in the tomb, and, and it astounded us. It amazed us. And then we see some confusion. Well, some of us went to look, and, and the grave was empty, but we don't know where he was. And we thought this guy was going to lead us. We thought he was going to be the, the king of Israel. We thought he was going to be the one, and now he's dead, and so we don't understand that either. And then we also see a little bit of frustration. Jesus says, what things? What are you talking about? And they're like, haven't you heard? Are you the only person around here that doesn't know what has happened? So they had a lot of stuff going on. They were carrying grief and doubt and skepticism and amazement and frustration. And maybe that's why they couldn't recognize Jesus. But something 
was keeping them from seeing Jesus. Something was distracting him, them. And it's the same way with us. There are times in our lives where we can't see God's presence around us. There are times when Jesus is clearly at work within us or around us or trying to do something in our lives and we fail to see it because somehow we're distracted. And it can be so frustrating. Why can't I see God? Why can't I see God at work? Why do I feel abandoned? Why do I feel alone? Why do I feel like I'm just sitting here in this grief and and God is nowhere in the picture? But yet we proclaim that we serve a risen Savior who's in the world today. What's keeping us from seeing him? Well, first of all, we have to ask ourselves, are we making room for him? Are we allowing him the space and the time to reveal himself to us? Are we open to it? Have we opened up ourselves enough to it? I mean, we can come to church and we can sing a song and we can say we believe something, but if we're not making space for God to actually interact with us and speak to us, can we really see his presence? What are we doing to open up that space? And that's becoming increasingly difficult in the world we live in. Our schedules keep getting busier and busier and busier. And we've become more and more efficient at multitasking. And we're doing this and we're doing that. And we're talking to one person here while, while listening to somebody else. And, and all of these things are just constantly happening where we're just constantly, constantly doing stuff. And in all that doing, in all that busyness, and all that multitasking, we are missing what is right in front of us. We are not allowing the space the time for God to interact with us. Richard Foster is the author of a book called Freedom of Simplicity. And he says a lot of things about how to recognize God, how, how we need to curtail all the things that are in our lives that distract him. One of the things he says is our adversary, he's talking about the devil here. He says our, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. And you can look at that and say, wait a second. The devil majors in a lot of other stuff than that. Murder, greed, lust, power, right? No, all that is necessary here, our adversary, is to major in three things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. Because if he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. You see, when we're distracted by all the things we're doing, when we're distracted by all the emotions we're feeling, when we're distracted by anything at all that squeezes God out of the space that we should be making for him, we lose that connection. And when we lose connection with God, when we're unable to see God, when we're unable to experience Jesus, then all those other things, lust, greed, power, we naturally gravitate towards that. All that's required is for us to get too busy for God. And we will naturally go into all those other areas. So are we making space? Are we allowing time? I mentioned last week that we live in a shadow world. This world that we're in is really but a distortion of the ultimate reality. It's reality to us. But as the Apostle Paul says, it is 
a, a glass that we look through dimly. It's a shadow of the reality, the ultimate reality, where Christ lives. And yet, this is what we think of as real. And so we have trouble seeing the ultimate reality because of this illusion that's in front of us that we call reality. But what's even scarier is we've found ways to distract ourselves from the shadow world. Haven't we? Haven't we? This reality right here is but a shadow of the ultimate reality, and yet even this we distract ourselves from. We emerge ourselves into screens, smartphones and tablets and computers and television, alternate realities, virtual realities, artificial intelligence, and we remove ourselves further and further and further away from what's right here let alone how God might be breaking through and trying to interact with us right here. There was a campaign a few years ago called Look Up. This was, I guess, when, when people started realizing that, that this was a real problem, that it was affecting the way we're wired and the way we interact with people. And there was this commercial. It was a very powerful commercial. I don't know what happened to it. I wish they'd keep showing it. But there was a commercial about this, this boy who uh, missed the opportunity to meet his soulmate, this perfect girl for him, because he was walking around like this, and she walked right past him. How much do we miss in this world, in the shadow world, because we are emerged in a false reality? Maybe you can relate to the girl in this picture. Do we have that? Yeah. <laughs> You've been looking at your phone and you just walk right into something. We move, remove ourselves from reality, which is already removed from the ultimate reality, the things that we can't see where God is, where Jesus Christ is working, where the Holy Spirit is at work. And so is it any wonder that we don't recognize where Christ is at work today? Is it any wonder that we have trouble seeing evidence that he is alive. So we have to make space for him. We have to be intentional. We have to be deliberate about seeking it out, but we also have to understand that all of this around us is but a thin veil, and we are always on the cusp of revelation. God is at work. God wants to break through. God wants to reveal his power and his love and your life. And we're always on the cusp of that revelation. We live in thin places. You may remember about a month and a half ago, I talked about uh, on, on St. Patrick's weekend, I talked about the Celtic cross, how for them it was more than just a cross, more than just a symbol uh, of the, the crucifixion, which it was, but it also, the horizontal and the vertical line where they intersect, Remind us that earth and heaven meet. That the ultimate reality and then our earthly reality meet. They intersect. And the circle around it has been debated over the years what that initially meant. But the way the Celtic Christians uh, typically explained it or understood it is that at that intersection of heaven and earth, we are always surrounded by eternity. 
God is closer to us than our own breath. That's why we say it's in him we live and we move and we have our being. Eternity is always right here in front of us. As Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is among you. The Celtic Christians had another term for this. Thin places. We live in thin places. The veil between heaven and earth is very thin and God can interact. The promise of Emmanuel is more real than ever. That through Jesus, he is always with us. He is always working. And yet, we fail to see it. And why? Why do we fail to see it? The nagging question we have to ask ourselves is, how are we growing as disciples? What does our discipleship look like? It's part of our mission statement. We're trying to develop mature disciples. We're trying to develop ourselves as mature disciples. But what does that mean? It means we are committed to following Jesus. The word disciple and the word discipline have the same root word. It's it's a discipline. It's a commitment to follow Jesus. It's more than just saying, I want to see God. I want to see Jesus. It's more than just singing a song and saying, open my eyes and let me see. It's making that the intention of our heart, the, the deliberate living into that. Open my eyes, Lord let me see. Open my heart. Help me to live as one always ready to see where you are at work. It's a deliberate, intentional coming back to that and making it our prayer. Jesus said, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask and it will be given. He does not want to hide from you. God does not want to hide his love from you, his power from you, his healing from you. Jesus does not want to hide the resurrection from you. But we have to be committed in seeking it and looking for it. Years ago, when Jim Carrey was kind of at the height of his popularity as an actor, he did an interview with Oprah Winfrey, and he was talking about how he used to look out, before he was famous, he used to, to park on this big hill, and he would look over at Hollywood, and he would think, one day, one day I'm going to be there. And he just had this, this dream, this goal. But then he said, but I knew it wasn't enough to just dream it. I had to go home and work at it. And I remember this one thing he said. He said, Visual, visualization works if you work hard. That's the thing. You can't just visualize and go eat a sandwich. That always stuck with me because even though he's talking about his dreams of being an actor in Hollywood, it applies to everything. And it certainly applies to our discipleship. We can say that we want to draw near to God. We can say that we want to experience Jesus. But are we really committed in the seeking of that? Are we really seeking out God? Are we allowing the space? Are we allowing the time to sink deeply into his word, into his scriptures? Notice what he does with the two men on the way to Emmaus. He doesn't just say, hey, guys, it's me. I'm Jesus. He leads them through the scriptures, beginning with Moses. And he talks about the law and he talks about the prophets. And he gives them a crash course on this is what the scriptures say. 
what we call the Old Testament. All of that is leading up to this one that you call the Messiah. All of it was testifying of him. And if your eyes are open, you can see how it's pointing to that. And so if we want to see Jesus, we also have to be willing to let the words speak to us, to let Christ come off the pages and into our hearts. When we go to the Bible, it's more than just a nice verse, something we can memorize and take with us, something we can quote, something we can stick on a bumper sticker. When we go to the scripture, we see this is a living and breathing word from God, a testimony of who Jesus Christ was and who Jesus Christ is because he's still here. He is still with us. How badly do we want to see him? What are the distractions that are keeping us from seeing him? What are the things that we're listening to that keep us from hearing his voice breaking through all of the noise? If our eyes and our ears are open, if our hearts are open, what we will find is that God is all around us. And just as I shared with the kids, you can walk outside, you can look at the flowers, and you can listen to the birds, and you can see his beauty, his majesty, his power. You can see resurrection power, the way he restores and he brings things back to life. He replenishes. You can see all of that if you're open to seeing it. Elizabeth, do, do we have the next side, the slide? Elizabeth Barrett Browning, a poet, once wrote, Earth's crammed with heaven. Earth is crammed with heaven. Every common bush of fire with God. We think of the burning bush of Moses. Wow, that was miraculous. Every common bush is a fire with God, but only he who sees it takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. The people who are not open to it, the people who are not looking for God and recognizing the way God is at work in this world around us, they're content with just little morsels, just little bits of sweetness that they can take and pluck here and there. But God is with us. And we serve a risen Savior who is in the world today. Are we satisfied with just little morsels? Are we satisfied with just a taste of heaven? Just a glimpse of Jesus? Or do we want to be able to see that he is risen and he is here? Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we have a lot of things that will distract us from the outside and from the inside. Our emotions, our confusion, our uncertainty or just our many preoccupations, our busyness, our muchness. But our hearts must always be open, ready to embrace the thought that, yes, we live and move and have our being in Christ, and therefore we live in very thin places. What's funny to me about this passage is the light bulb went off for the disciples as he vanished. When he was physically present right in front of him, they really could not see or recognize who he was. And it was after he was gone 
that their hearts understood this was Jesus right here with us. And they could see him more completely and more fully than they ever had before. May we seek him with the intent to find him. May we prepare ourselves to see and understand his presence among us. Let's not miss the forest for the trees. Christ is risen and Christ is with us. And as his disciples, we are always right there on the cusp of revelation. Let us pray. Lord, hear us when we confess to you that we are distracted and we are beyond distracted. We have so many things going on, things that we are trying to keep up with, externally or internally, things that keep us from pursuing you with urgency. But Lord, create in us that holy urgency, that desire to see you so that when we sing, open our eyes and let us see that it's more than just a familiar song. It's more than just words we say. Let that be the cry of our heart. Let that be the prayer that we make every morning when we wake up. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts so that we can see you throughout the day so that we can experience you and follow you more closely. Lord, let every bush be a fire with your presence. Let every flower be a testimony that we serve a risen Savior and he's in the world today. Lord, let us see, let us be aware that every place we go is holy ground because you are there. You are here, standing in our midst. That is the promise of Emmanuel. That's what it means to serve a risen Savior, that you are alive and well in our lives. Open our eyes, Lord, so that we may see it. In the precious and holy name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and check us out online at piercechapel.com. And now may you know the peace, the power, and the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Go to love, go to serve, go in peace. Amen.